Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 177 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you once again for joining us again as we continue our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We're covering Doctrine and Covenants, Section 67-70, to 70, covering June the 21st to June the 27th. And today <coughs> we're going to finish uh, Doctrine and Covenants, Section 67. Uh, so yesterday we introduced this as kind of a um, lead up to the Book of Commandments uh, being decided to be published. I mean, at this stage, it wasn't decided yet. They were discussing the idea and some were unsure about Joseph Smith's writings and how they were unsure if people would listen to them if they came from him. But of course, you know, this was really what the whole unique, one of the unique things about this new church was that they had a living prophet who had been called by God. Uh, and so these revelations needed to be published. In verse 5, uh, it says this, Your eyes have been upon my servant Joseph Smith Jr., and his language you have known, and his imperfections you have known, and you have sought in your hearts knowledge that you might express beyond this language, this you also know. So it seems that a number among them um, are, are aware of Joseph Smith's imperfections, they're, they're clearly understanding of his infallibilities, uh, and or his fallibilities. I always get the two mixed up, which is which. Um his fallibilities, I should say, and um, they are uncertain as to what to do. Now, Neil A. Maxwell said this, quote, Was Joseph imperfect like other prophets? Of course. Surely Joseph could identify with these words of an ancient prophet, which he translated, Condemn me not because of mine imperfection, neither my father because of his imperfection. Joseph, who translated the instructive words, There is an opposition in all things, came to understand by experience that the cal calisthenics of spiritual growth involve isometrics, the pitting of the emerging self against the stern resistance of the old self, close quote. Now, taking those complicated words into account, it basically means that Joseph Smith had to overcome difficulties from within, uh, as we all do, and we all struggle to overcome imperfections. But as we seek to overcome them, um, and I think that's the first step, really, is actively trying to overcome them and then inviting Christ to perfect us and, or cleanse us through his wonderful atonement, which he has wrought. And not forgetting, actually, that he has already paid the price for those sins. He has already done what he needs to 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 sanctify, to, to cleanse us. But if we want to develop ourselves further to be more like him, which is the ultimate goal in this life, we need to ask for forgiveness, we need to try and change, and we need to develop ourselves. But remember as well, as we learned last week with the topic of forgiveness, that we also need to give others the space to make mistakes. So when we read or when we hear things about church leaders, Joseph Smith and others, and even people today who we know, uh, we need to give them a bit of space. I think it's easier to, for us today to forgive people, perhaps, unless obviously they've done something very di hard or difficult for us to forgive. Um, that it is to forgive people who lived 190 years ago. And a reason to think for that, I think, is because we don't see them as a living day-to-day -day person, as we are. We see them in the words that we've written. We we, we know of them from the wonderful uh, and excellent experiences we hear about with Joseph Smith. We learn about the first vision. Uh, we learn about him restoring the church. We learn about all the things that came to the earth that have been restored because of him. And we read of all the scriptures of the Doctrine and Covenants. What we don't see is the day-by-day -day follies that I'm sure that he had uh, and the mistakes that he made. Uh, and I think that 
we need to understand how we can give him space uh, to be allowed to make mistakes. And still, this church be the Lord's church. Um, it is led by imperfect people. Uh, and we, we hear that all the time. But do we actually believe that? When we hear of things that may trouble our faith because of things to do with church history, rather than points of doctrine, do we need to... Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting that we ignore those difficult things that we learn about, about individuals in the history of the church. But what I am saying is that we should study out the context. We should consider that this individual was not perfect and we should look for the things which we have felt to be true and remember to keep hold of those and try to go through that that complexity that, uh, that um, Elder and Sister Haven talk about. Go from that simplicity through the complexity to the other side to the other side of simplicity. Uh, and I think that uh, this is certainly a principle that these, these individuals had to learn as they were considering whether to publish these uh, these materials uh, for the Book of Commandments. And then uh, the Lord gives the invitation. Uh, in verse 6 and 7 and 8, uh, it says, Now seek ye out the book of commandments, even the least that is among them, and appoint him that is the most wise among you. Or if there be any among you that shall make one like unto it, then ye are justified in saying that ye do not know that they are true. But if ye cannot make one like unto it, ye are under condemnation, if ye do not bear record that they are true. So basically, the challenge is laid that pick out the, the least... Um, the least commandments among these commandments that should, which have been given before you select the most wise person and see if they can create something like it and if not then you know it's from god and as we as i shared yesterday william and mcclellan stepped forward as the most wise uh, i don't know how that conversation went uh, <laughs> but he did it um, and he could not um, produce something like the revelations that we have in the, in the doctrine and covenants and so in verse 10, it says, And again, verily I say unto you that it is your privilege and a promise I give unto you that have been ordained to this ministry, that inasmuch as you strip yourselves from jealousies and fears and humble yourselves before me, for ye are not sufficiently humble, the veil shall be rent and you shall see me and know that I am, not with the carnal, neither the natural mind, but with the spiritual. So we all are given an invitation to come to know the Saviour more. We are given the opportunity uh, to learn of him and to develop ourselves to become more like him. Um, as we spoke about before, Bruce R. McConkie says this, quote, The Lord wants all his children to gain light and truth and knowledge from on high. It is his will that we pierce the veil and rend the heavens and see the visions of eternity. Such is his promise to us here and now while we yet dwell as mortals in a world of sorrow and sin. It is our privilege even now, the privilege of all who hold the holy priesthood, if we strip ourselves from jealousies and fears and humble ourselves before him, as he has said, to have the veil rent and see him and know that he is, close quote. And obviously, as I always do, whether it's an individual talking to the sisters of the church or to the brethren of the church, I apply this to, to both brethren and sisters, that, you know, um, if we strive to rid, rid ourselves of jealousies, fears, and make sure we are humble, then we can pierce the veil. We go to the temple and we there is a veil involved in that process. Uh, that could be referring to that and the and the wonderful peace and and communion that we feel and the connection we feel with our heavenly Father and our Savior there, or it could indeed be reaching up to heaven and and seeking to receive uh, light and knowledge from our heavenly Father, which again can happen uh, as we seek to uh, to reach out. Um, just to finish uh, this episode today, I'm going to look at this verse in verse thirteen. 
it says, you're not able to abide the presence of God now, neither the ministering of angels. Wherefore, continue in patience until ye are perfected. We need to remember that it will take patience, that we will make mistakes uh, and that we will stumble and that the Saviour has made up for those mistakes already and that he has the grace. And once we accept him as our Saviour, his grace is sufficient for us to, to, be, to be cleansed. But again, life isn't just about being cleansed from sin. It is about developing, preparing and improving ourselves to try and become like our saviour. And that is the lifelong process. Um, and I think that it is a blessing that we have this life on earth. But also we need to remember that this life on earth isn't it infinite. Uh, and so we need to make the most of each day as it comes. I think that's the balance that needs to be struck. Of course, you know, we we have life to, to develop and improve, but we can't take life the whole life to not develop and improve uh, that saying uh, i just made that up but it didn't work very well but basically um you know whilst we do have a whole lifetime to develop let's take today to begin that process rather than waiting and, and procrastinating it uh thank you very much for listening today i uh, hope you enjoy this study continue to listen um, to the podcast subscribe to it review it that'll be really helpful on your podcasting platform uh, and also join the facebook group church of jesus christ study session with come follow me and th thank you for listening and until we meet again.